Hey everyone, I'm Leandra Parks, and I'm happy to guest host the Hopecast today. I'm joined today by our senior pastor David Dwight, and we are here to have a conversation about some common questions in life and faith in under 30 minutes. And today we will be talking all about angels in the Bible. Okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Does anybody ever tell you you have like this really cool, intriguing accent? <laughs> Sometimes. It's very unique. <laughs> you know, there's British accents and there's Southern accents and there's yours is very unique. And so like, tell everybody like where you're from. Just give them a quick snapshot. Sure. Yeah. So I am originally from the Bahamas, born and raised. Um, I moved to the U.S. when I was about 22 and so, yeah, but I still have my accent. I think my accent is much stronger when I am in a deep conversation with other Bahamians. Yeah, yeah, I, that makes sense. I sort of have a theory that the accent that you learned in, more or less in your childhood, if you were sort of taught that and around that until you're about 10 or 12 years old, mm -hmm. I sort of feel like that's when it sort of takes root and cements in. Yeah. Um, so, like, where in the Bahamas? I think I think a lot of people are intrigued by the Bahamas. Like, ooh, that's cool, clear Caribbean water. Yeah. Where in the Bahamas? Yeah. So, I lived in Eleuthera most of my life. I know a lot of people are familiar with Nassau. And I moved to Nassau in my teenage years to be with my dad. Mm -hmm. But from I was about three to the 10th grade, I lived in Eleuthera. Most people are familiar with Harbor Island. Mm -hmm. So, if you think of Harbor Island... Same type of island. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I told you that story. <laughs> yeah. uh, where's your favorite beach? If you were going to say, mm, it's going to be a perfect day, I want to go to my mm. favorite Bahamian beach, where would you go? It's called Receiver's Beach. Okay. And it's in Eleuthera. Uh -huh. And um, it's like the clearest waters, uh -huh. the whitest sand uh -huh. that you can think of. Yeah. Um, it's very, very peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to close my eyes and go there. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about angels? Yeah. Okay. Sure. What do you want to talk about? So this past Sunday, you started a new sermon series on angels. Mm -hmm. But before we deep dive into the sermon series, I want to start by asking you the question, mm -hmm. what inspired you to do a sermon series about angels? Yeah. So in the message last Sunday, um, I think I tried to say in a way, like, I feel like I'm a little uncertain about my footing on this topic uh, because, um, honestly, I think that when the topic of angels has come up and people talk about angels, I think, I'm going to be honest, like, this is a confession, I think I sort of consider that on the fringes of legit Christian faith. And so um, I just wasn't very embracing. This is my problem, I admit it. And um, there's no doubt I've read the Bible plenty of times, all of it. Of course, I've seen numerous places in the Bible that talk about angels, but I just, for whatever reason, I don't know that my attention had been piqued in a meaningful and maybe important way. So I was reading all four Gospels last winter after the New Year, and I started noticing how frequently Jesus spoke about angels. 
And I know this sounds kind of weird, but I'm like, well, if Jesus spoke about them, then I need to pay attention to them. Yeah. Right. And you could say, well, if they're in the Bible, in addition to Jesus, wouldn't you have thought you need to pay attention to them? Yes. Fair question. But it just got my attention because reading through the Gospels, I noticed how frequently Jesus spoke about angels. So this started to pique my interest. And then I started to think, all right, I want to pay attention and learn more. So I started doing basically a much more in-depth Bible study about angels, where they appear in the Bible, you know, are they just like in little sections or are they sort of throughout? Anyway, that's kind of how it all started. That's awesome. So for me, I was, some of my family members would always tell me, well, let me take a step back. So my mom passed away when I was three. Okay. And they would say that my mom is like my guardian angel. Or I also have like a guardian angel watching me. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when people talk about guardian angels? Mm-hmm. All right. I just have to like make this disclaimer, right? Because the voices of seminary professors are in my mind. <laughs> like if you're a minister and you have this responsible position, you don't just throw out all kinds of conjecture. Like mm-hmm. you have a responsibility to be uh, have integrity in teaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mentioned in the sermon on Sunday, uh, in 1 Corinthians 4, 6, the Apostle Paul is um, writing to the Corinthians, and he's getting into a topic, and he employs this phrase, which was a rabbinic teaching axiom. It was like a guiding principle for rabbis. And the phrase that he uses in 1 Corinthians 4, 6 is, do not go beyond what is written. So um, what that means to me is, There's a lot in the Bible that's written and is very clear. We can see it, and you could just read that content straight up. Um, But there's a a lot that's not very clear. And so if we insist on taking the stuff that's not very clear, and I tell you authoritatively, well, here's exactly what this means, Mm -hmm. that would feel for me, like a person with my training, like irresponsible teaching. So I'm going to try to say sometimes, I think, I guess, I wonder, but this is just me thinking. Okay. Um, and then other places I'll try to reference, uh, biblical material. Okay. So, um, first phrase you used was like your mom's your guardian angel. Mm -hmm. Okay. My interpretation is that there isn't any place in the Bible that suggests after we die, we become angels. Right. I don't think that's true. Um, we're in mystery here, but I don't think that's true. I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. I think the teaching on the resurrection, our resurrection body, et cetera, says when we die, uh, you know, we will be resurrected human beings. Right. We don't change into some other kind of being. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of sentiment when mm-hmm. we're talking about angels, and I do think that's what comes into play a lot. So, we, you know, it's like it's a really sweet idea that your mom is your guardian angel, and we can all sort of feel warm about that. But if we're going to try to do our best at biblical interpretation, I don't think that happens. Right. I, your mom being a person of faith, I think she is a, a human being who is eternally in heaven with the Lord. Okay. So um, there's lots of questions about heaven that come with this. Like, can somebody who has died observe what's happening on earth and all that? Mm-hmm. But that's a whole nother topic. Let's stick with the easy topic of the angels, <laughs> okay? So then the idea of guardian angels, okay, this gets intriguing to me because back to, you know, Jesus talked a lot about angels. In Matthew 18, 10, Jesus is teaching, 
and he's speaking about children, which he did occasionally. And he uses this really intriguing phrase. He says, their angels in heaven always see the face of God. Mm. Okay. So we hold on a minute. Not saying they're like T H E R E, mm. like there are angels. It's the possessive T H E I R. They're angels. They're, so he's speaking like of children, and he uses this phrase, they're angels in heaven. Okay, now I feel confident that that's the verse from which people extrapolate this idea of a quote, guardian angel. Now, I'm not aware of any place in the Bible where this specific phrase, a guardian angel, is described. Um, but Jesus uses this phrase, they're angels in heaven, mm. as though there are angels that we want to use the word assigned, are assigned to certain people. Mm -hmm. Is that what he's conveying? I don't really know. We're in some of this mystery place. Right. But he is clearly saying there are angels in heaven who have a connectedness in the mysterious way, mm -hmm. like to these little ones. Okay. okay. So then we could say, well, do we have angels for adults? Um, right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Or, or, or do we only have angels until we're like six years old or something, right? right? We don't know. That, that's all conjecture. We don't know. But that phrase from Jesus, they're angels in heaven, um, that's one of them. When I was reading the Gospels last winter, I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Going back to your sermon on Sunday, you discuss angels in the human form. And so in the Bible, I know when I have researched angels, there are angels. The people that encountered angels were very afraid of them. Mm -hmm. In today's world, we really don't know when we encounter angels. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is the case? Yeah, I mean, this is why this is a really fun conversation. <laughs> so um, there are numerous places in the Bible where people um, have an experience with an angel and they are intimidated and afraid. I, I think that I can think of a number of other times where we just have a, an account and nothing about fear and intimidation is mentioned in the account. But there are plenty of accounts where somebody has an encounter with angel and fear and intimidation is very much present. So what's going on there? Um, and, and your comment about like when angels appear today, we may not know if it's an angel or not. Of course, this now gets into like, we just got to say to everybody, we're just going to have to have a little bit of a chat about this. Um, there are a lot of different testimonies of uh, angelic experiences, yep. right? So the basis of our reasoning is going to be the scriptures. Since last January, when I started working on this, I have researched a lot of this and also heard lots of stories from people about what they would call experiences with angels. <laughs> there tend to be pretty common threads. And Nobody's saying, I will tell you absolutely, unequivocally, undoubtedly, this was an angel. Right. But when we're in this terrain, people have shared a lot of different stories, and they're more or less saying, I think it's very possible it was an angel. Right. Or, right, we're on like this 
grayscale, somebody might say, I wonder if that was an angel, or it's possible that was an angel, or I think it was an angel. Right. I haven't had anybody say to me, I know 100% absolutely this was an angel. But there tend to be common threads. For, for the fun of it, some of these common threads tend to be something like a person who appears sort of by surprise, hmm. one way or another, like just wasn't expecting it. Right. And, and this person, my attention, this person came on my radar one way or another. Mm-hmm. There are frequent also accounts, which is you have this little interaction mm-hmm. and then like you don't know where they went. And I've heard enough of these stories, have one of my own, that this is very intriguing. Okay, so I think the general categories we have, I think we have experiences in the Bible where angels appear and they are intimidating. Right. And the angels say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Uh, I mentioned in the Bible that uh, there are three angels that are named. Mm-hmm. One is Michael, one is Gabriel, one is Lucifer. And Lucifer is who we know as the devil who challenged God and was expelled from heaven. We're going to spend our energy not on him, but on the other side of the equation. Michael is generally a warrior. Mm. Um, Gabriel is generally a messenger. Mm. So, for instance, when Zechariah was in the temple... Uh, tending uh, to uh, the temple and the flame in the temple, and an angel appeared to Zechariah to announce effectively the birth of John the Baptist, who would be his son. Zechariah basically says, who are you? And he says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Like, wow. I mean, it's quite moving for people who want to move this out of folklore and move it into bona fide, sincere faith. Yeah. Um, when the announcement is made to Mary that she will conceive the Messiah, uh, this is Gabriel. So Gabriel frequently is a messenger. There are many other times where it just says an angel and yep. and are not named. Uh, for instance, I'm, I'm using a lot of these sort of generally Christmas-oriented things because there's a lot of angelic activity around what we would call Christmas, like um, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and mm. told him, mm. take Mary to be your wife, don't divorce her, etc. Okay, so there you've got an angel appeared in a dream. Mm. That's a whole other interesting category. Um, you've got um, angels who appear and people are like, kind of like, who are you? Right. Right? Um, like Jacob wrestles with this, quote, mysterious figure on the banks of the Jabbok River in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people by consensus would say that was an angelic experience. That was an angel. Right. Um, I think there are times where angels appear as gleaming white light. It could be a human form with a radiating pure, pure whiteness. Yeah. It could be just a pure white light, not in a human form. Mm. When I think of at least the research I've done— those are kind of the manifestations I can think of with angels. Um, you have this really interesting experience with Balaam's donkey, right. okay, <laughs> in the Old Testament, and the donkey sees an angel, but Balaam doesn't. But then Balaam does. Right. <laughs> so, of course, I got a hundred questions about that, right? Um so those are those are different categories that I can think of. 
A huge category, which we may or may not get to, is when Jesus described his return. And he said, when the Son of Man returns with all the angels. And um, so um, he, he uses this phrase, like, wait a minute, that'll get your attention. Right. When the Son of Man returns with all of the angels. Okay, so I was reading Matthew 13 just the other morning, mm-hmm. and Jesus has several parables about the kingdom of heaven. And in those parables, he's describing a lot of times like uh, two types of things gathered. So like there's there's the weeds and the wheat is one illustration. And he says, when the Son of Man comes, the angels will do the sifting and sorting. Uh, he talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a net thrown into a lake. And the net comes up full of fish. Some are the keepers and some are the undesirables. Mm. And he explains that parable and he says, basically, this is how it'll be when the Son of Man returns, and the angels will do that sorting, right? So again, this is like, all right, that gives us information and insight, like, whoa, but it doesn't give us so much that we could authoritatively say, and this is exactly how that's all going to work. Right, right, yeah. So why do you think there there is not a lot of context in the Bible around angels? I read a quote in the Sermon Sunday. Uh, There were two books that I was reading, and maybe this could be um, in the show notes. One's by David Jeremiah about angels, and one is by Billy Graham about angels. And some people might be like, wow, those are old books. That's true, because I couldn't find any modern, like really recent ones Mm -hmm. um, that seemed reliable. Okay, so I can't remember who it was. It was either uh, David Jeremiah or Billy Graham who says, basically, when you read the Bible, you get the impression that God is choosing to be somewhat sparing about how much he reveals about angels, Mm. right? And I agree with that. Like, we're getting glimpses, we're getting information, but most of us are curious and would like more. And So what do we do as Christians when we have some knowledge, but not not as much as we want? Um, That gap would be, to some degree, mystery. Um, The question is, what are we going to do with the mystery? And people will do a lot of interesting things with the mystery. Mm -hmm. Some people will just decide to make something up to fill the gap. And it's not necessarily biblical, and it's not necessarily grounded, and sometimes can sound pretty oddball. Mm -hmm. But some people in the mystery will just make something up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what we're supposed to do in the gap is that's what faith is all about. Faith is, I believe and trust in a good God who is sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing, who created everything. I know this much. I'd like to know more, but I don't know more. So what do I do with the part I don't know? Um, I can either make something up, which I don't recommend. Um, I can search Scripture, which is a good thing to do, but we may get more enlightenment that way, but we may not get all our questions answered. Mm -hmm. That gap is faith. That's that is the essence of what it means to live a life of faith. It's awesome. So um, we've all got lots of questions about. Well, God, I see this, but what about this? And we don't have the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. I use the metaphor um, when we're little kids. You had mentioned your mom passed away when you were very young. Maybe your dad said this kind of thing to you. I'm not sure, but like I can think of times where my mother would tell me something, hmm. and then I'd be like, "Well, I want to know why." 
Right. And she'd say, well, I, I'm not telling you why. Yeah. Well, I, I would be like, you know, I didn't know. And I, you're almost like, I demand to know why. Right. And she'd be like, I'm not telling you why. Well, as I look back on that, she knew and she she knew more. She revealed to me what she thought was the right amount for me to know. Mm. Um, and so I might be like, yes, but I want to know, but I want to know, know, know. And she'd be like, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, she had a perspective that was bigger and broader than mine. Yeah. And she chose to reveal to me as much as she wanted to. Mm. Of course, we're like, I want to know more. And we do this with God all the time. Mm. But for reasons of, let's call it greater knowledge, I'll trust. My mom knew more than I did. She wanted the best for me. She gave me enough information that she thought would be helpful to me, but she chose to not give all of it Yeah. for my well-being because mm. she cared about me, loved me, et cetera, yep. right? And so, like, I made a little joke about it. Like, mom says something. I'm like, I want to know more. And, um, you know, most of the time we would kind of rant with our parents about that. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. You know, the joke was, thank you for telling me that little bit, Mom. I'd like to know more, but I'm going to choose to trust you with what you're choosing not to tell me. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, so we get, we do get some information, but we're still left with tons of questions. Yeah. It's all about trust. Totally. Trust in God. Yeah. Totally. So before we wrap up, one of the scriptures that you that you spoke about last Sunday uh, came from Hebrews 1 and 14, mm -hmm. where it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to those who will inherit salvation? Mm -hmm. And the phrase um, inherit salvation is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. What do you think that means? Mm -hmm. Are not all angels ministering spirits? What does it say again completely in it? Who Mi Ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit, inherit salvation. salvation. Okay. Like this sentence is almost like the whole topic we've been talking about. It like gives you enough hints at some ideas, but it doesn't actually absolutely spell it out completely. Um, I mean, we I could say something uh, simple and maybe a little silly and playful, like it means those who will inherit salvation, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and yeah. Everybody's going to be like, well, who's that? Okay, well, there are some things we have clearly in Scripture. Um, people who come to God with a sincere faith accepting Jesus Christ as Lord. Yeah. And, you know, I, that's a whole nother 10 podcasts about what makes that all work, yeah. um, who is Jesus, et cetera. Um, those who will inherit salvation. So does that mean a person who has no faith, like uh, an atheist who has no interest, no faith, et cetera, uh, will never ever have any experience or receive the benefit of the work of an angel? To me, that would be to go beyond what's written. I don't know. Yeah. What I do know, what God's given us, kind of like the information mom provided and not more, was um, angels are spirits. That's interesting. Spirits. Mm. They're not physical flesh and blood in their essence, right. though they can appear in physical form. Yep. Um, but at, at essence, their being is that they are spiritual. Um. I think as a believer, what we can say is, um, if you're a believer, um, you can have a trust that there are angels that are aware of and engaged with you and your life mm. in positive ways for positive reasons 
under God's authority. That's good. So the angels in the Bible, I, I think I was saying, we see them do a lot of things. They instruct, they aid, they protect, they guide, they comfort. Mm-hmm. And when you hear people tell stories when they're saying, I don't know if this is an angel or not, but you, you hear those types of words, protect, aid, okay. guide, comfort, etc. Um, if you're a believer, I think that phrase is intended for you to experience a sense of the goodness of God. Will you in your lifetime have a recognizable experience with an angel? Mm. The Bible nowhere says that that's a sure thing. Yeah. Could you? Yes. The the word recognizable is interesting, right? Yeah. Billy Graham in his book suggests that angels are very present in our world. We simply don't perceive them. Interesting. Okay, now that's really intriguing. Yeah. Right? Now, he suggests it. He's not saying the Bible is clear that this is the case. He's he's conjecturing in mystery. Mm. But that's like a fascinating question, too. Yeah. So to me, what's clear is God made angels. They serve him at his beckoning. Mm. They're not God. They are not um, eternal beings. Like, they didn't always exist. God created them. Mm-hmm. We are not... Um, told to worship them or venerate them, mm-hmm. uh, even pray to them. Now, somebody say, if I pray for God's protection, can I ask him to send angels? Interesting. Uh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Sure, you can ask God to do whatever you want to do. But the focal point of that is you're speaking to God. Right. You're not like trying to speak to an angel. Right. God is the Lord of angels, and he dispatches angels according to his discernment and will. Mm. Could somebody say, Lord, please surround my friend with angels and protect them in this or that situation? Sure, I think you could pray that. But we're called to give our devotion and worship to God and to Christ uh, and to avoid giving our worship uh, or veneration or even praying to angels. So there you have it. This, This is awesome. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope this episode was encouraging to you. You can find the Hopecast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast app. If you would like to know more about Hope Church and our ministries here in Richmond, Virginia, you can visit hopechurchrva.com.